please. Good evening. Today is Monday, May 23rd, I think. And we are studying uh, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is the relationship chapters. And our speaker tonight is Ian. Thank you, Ian. Thank you all, everyone who's doing service, everyone who's here. My name is Ian F. I'm a compulsive overreader. Um, I'm going to start by saying my internet connection is um, floundering. So uh, my name is in my, my number is in my name. So, so if I freeze up, let me know. And uh, I will turn my camera off. And if that doesn't work, I will hop on my phone and do it from there. Um, or to make this work. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the relationship chapters, I think that's funny because I, I had to look up like, what are the relationship chapters technically? <laughs> like, which ones are those? Um, I believe it's um, working with others, two wives, two employers. Um, and that's some of the stuff I, I was looking over and, and listening to um, today and, and pondering. Um, before I get into that though, you know, the thing that I, I've been encountering a lot recently in terms of my relationships with other people, especially as an addict is that, um, my being an addict has shown up in every relationship I've ever had. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about the food and being powerless over food. And I certainly am that. <laughs> I could, I could, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of you folks before. For those of you who don't know, I have stories about ice cream sandwiches and five pounds of cheddar cheese and getting down to 80 pounds and um, just horrific, horrific things. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive undereater. I'm a compulsive exercise bulimic. You know, I'm, I'm just sick. Um, but the other part of step one is my life is unmanageable. And if we're going to talk about the relationship chapters, I mean, like that part of step one to me really stands out. Um, as a diseased person, from, from when I was a little kid, I can never remember not going into a room and, and thinking, I've heard it described as a brown shoe at a formal, I've heard it described as a hole in your heart, I've heard it described as alone in a crowd. Um, but all addicts have that thing where it's like, I go into a room and I feel like I do not belong. Not because anybody has made me feel that way. Not because anyone feels that way. Not that I have, have any evidence to support that, but because that's my, that's my inner monologue. That's what it tells me. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not above that now. <laughs> um, that still happens to me sometimes because I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I worked a really long shift yesterday and I'm an intern. <laughs> and I was walking around, walking around the park yesterday where I work, acting as if I was running the thing and getting frustrated when people were not treating me as if I ran the thing. And I had to take a moment. I had to go, 
okay, who am I in this moment and what am I actually looking for? Which is in my disease, what I've always looked for is I need people to like me. I need people to approve of me. I need people to need me for me to be okay. Um, and you know, logically, you can you can smile and you can laugh and you can say all that I really want is worldwide approval. <laughs> you know, but the truth is that is quite literally what my brain tells me I need every day as an untreated compulsive overeater. Um, as a young person, that affected how I made friends at school. I never made friends at school. The most I ever got was people would walk up to me and say, you look lonely, I'm going to talk to you. And then I may develop a connection. with them. I never sought people out. And when I would go over to kids' houses or hang out with them, I, was, I wasn't present. Like I just wasn't present. I could not show up. And I lost a lot of friends, even as a little kid, because I was so self-absorbed. You know, like I just, I was always focused on, can I, can I get people to like me? Can I be the best student? Can I be the best actor? Can I be the best, the most attractive boy? You know, whatever. And my relentless pursuit of those things made it so that I didn't show up to my friends and they got sick and tired of it, they left. Um, going into high school, when you start, you know, getting closer to adulthood, that picked up even more. Um, that's when I started to become a real, really severe um, anorexic first and then, and then binger and, and purger later. And that was incredibly painful. Um, like being in a place where I'm supposed to be growing as a human being and learning how to socialize and learning how to get a job. What do I want to do with my life? All of these things. And, and I never went to parties or hangouts or anything like that because I was at home eating. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything after eight because I had to go to bed early because I had to wake up at 4 a.m. and run five miles. Just how, how I live my life. Um, as an adult, uh, contributing to a job at all is impossible when I was in the food. Just like, it just didn't happen. Literally did not happen. I did not get a job because I knew that I would be supported by my parents. You know? And I would steal their food. And when they would, you know, yell at me for stealing their food, I would, I would say, look at me, I'm sick, don't you know? Um, that, was, that was how I lived my life. Um, getting into recovery. I got abstinent. I got into a place where I was, I was quite seriously, I went to a sponsor and I said, I want to follow a meal plan. I don't want to do what I've been doing. Tell me what to do and I will do it. And my sponsor would give me directions and I would do them. And sometimes I didn't, you know, I didn't particularly like the directions. Um, I don't even want to say that I didn't want to do them because I did, but I did them anyway. 
I worked the steps. And the first thing that hit me immediately, I'm powerless over food. Yes, I know I'm powerless over food. My life is unmanageable. I'm not getting a job. I'm not paying my taxes. I'm not showing up to my friends. I don't have friends. I was in a codependent relationship that I started when I got in recovery. Um, that's unmanageable life. You know, I was sitting at home playing video games and going to bed at night, dreaming about having a partner that cared about me and having friends, you know. Like screw, screw the fantasies of being a rock star, being a silver screen actor. Like I wanted to have friends. That was my thing. Um, and so with the starting program, my life is unmanageable. Part of working the steps to me and applying these principles in all my affairs was looking at my life and seeing, okay, what, what are the baseline responsibilities as a person that I need to be taken care of? I need to pay my taxes. I need to, I need to get a job. I need to pay my taxes. I need to show up to my family. Um, I have a disabled mother. I had a partner at the time. How can I take care of them at work? How can I show up and be right-sized? Am I the manager at work? No. Okay. How can I be, you know, one of the electricians <laughs> how can i be one of the carpenters how can i be the stage management intern who's going to stand there for 15 minutes with nothing to do and then go up to an actor and cue them on stage <laughs> and then let that be enough you know because that's life i'm not always the most important person and part of my recovery has been understanding that i don't need to be any level of importance to be happy um, i'm not looking to get anything out of the world today like that's just not that's not on my agenda that's not the point um so these are these are the big book chapters i was i was just on a meeting and we were sitting and we were reading the two employers and we read a section and there was a pause and i said all right does anyone want to share silence first guy who shared unmuted i'm really resentful because i just don't relate to this and i hate the way that it's written and i don't really want to talk about it <laughs> and i said do you know what i hear you you know and and i love this book this thing right here like lord i've never related to a book more than i have this book i love it i've read every single chapter including these i've highlighted everything Thing. I've talked about it all the time. There are some chapters I think less about, and these are some of them. <laughs> you know, to be to be brutally honest, like sometimes I feel like, does this really relate to me? Of course it does. Of course it does. Um, and I don't have, you know, I'm not great at literary analysis. Like that's not it's not what we're doing here. Um, but I read I read some and I listened to some of this book. Because I like to cheat and listen to a reading of it on audiobook. Um, but is is I I come to I come to program and my life is 
incredibly small. There's just me and all the pain that I'm in and all the suffering that I'm in and woe is me. And then as I start to work the steps, I admit that I'm powerless over food and I'm not showing up to life. My life is unmanageable. I admit it, okay. I'm willing to believe that something can help. No idea what it is. Tried to define it, failed. <laughs> I'm willing to believe that maybe something can help me, right? Then I turn my life over to that. Step by step by step. And as that happens, if I'm really dedicated to it, my life is going to get big. I came in a pro program. I was moving to college, did not have a job, did not have any friends, didn't know anybody. Um, right now, I'm at home with my family who I have a wonderful relationship with. I spent five hours this morning with one of my dear, dear friends, just talking and talking and talking and talking. We had plans. <laughs> we did not, we did not do them. We just talked. Um, I have friends. I have a job. I'm working at a place I've been, I'm working in a theater I've been going to since I was like four and it's my favorite place in the world. Um, and I'm saying this because like my life gets big. And sometimes when my life gets big, I, I'm tempted to think my program has to get smaller as if it's a proportional thing, as if more life happening means less program happening or more program happening means less life happening. And that's not been my experience. My experience has always, always been if I'm practicing the principles of all my affairs and the spirit of the program is that I trust higher power and I clean house and I put my wants and needs aside and I focus on how I can be of service to other people. I program in my life grow at the same time in the same direction. Always. Always. Um, so with these chapters, you know, just to go in order, thinking about the first one is working with others. Um, when I got to step 12 and my sponsor said, you have to sponsor. And I said, I don't think I'm going to be a very good sponsor. She said, that's okay. There's a chapter about it. Read it. <laughs> and I did. And you know what? I, I read all this and it sounded wonderful. And I took note of it. I said, I'm going to do that. And then I got a sponsee. And it all left my head in the moment. And I was like, how do I do this? This is awkward. This is weird. I don't know how this works. Da -da 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 -da. There's nothing I can do to make someone who is not ready to recover, recover. There's nothing I can do to stop someone from recovering who wants to recover, who needs to recover, who's admitting that they are powerless over food and their life is unmanageable and they need help. I found more and more the more people that I've sponsored, the more newcomers that I've called, the more service that I've done, that this stuff that it talks about in working with others starts to become more and more and more true. I love the book that way because like I read it the first time and I go, 
okay. And I read it the second time and I go, okay. And I read the third time and I go, okay. And so on and so forth. Um, I have this highlighted. Um, it may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money and your home, countless frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he's violent. Sometimes you have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. I have not had to do most of those compulsive overeaters, partially because they're compulsive overeaters and they're not under the influence of alcohol. Um, in the same way. Is that my two minute warning, Leslie? Yes, thank you. Beautiful. Um, and partially because it's long distance. Um, but since I only have roughly two minutes. Um, sponsoring is great. Doing service is great. Um, my rule is always, every day I have to contribute to the OA community. Some days that looks different. If I'm working 14 hours, then that usually means making and taking a couple of calls and texting some folks, or it means setting up a time to talk to a sponsee or read the book with my sponsor. Um, the relationship chapters to me, they talk about the practical applications of the steps in the rest of the life. And they give some real examples. I've learned a lot from how should I interact with my employers by reading to employers and going, oh, this is how non-alcoholic employers look at their employees. To wives, never had a wife, never will be a wife, um, too young to get married. However, as far as its directions for relationships, fantastic. Um, and working with others. If you're new to sponsoring, if you feel your sponsorship is stagnant, I feel like that often, <laughs> which is fine. It just means, you know, there's room to grow. And that's always good to know there's room to grow. Working with others is a brilliant, brilliant textbook. I love it to death. It teaches very well. It does not teach as well as actually doing the thing. Um, and that's what I have learned the most about these chapters is it's all about practical application. So if I'm gonna be, you know, if I'm gonna be growing spiritually, I am pulling this stuff into all of my affairs. I wanna be the same person in these meetings that I am at work, that I am with my family. Do I always succeed at that? No. But that's the goal. Some days are better than others, but that's the goal. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me speak. Love you all. Thank you, Ian. We love you too. Okay. Um, Hold one moment. Puppy and son are coming through. Okay. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, 
and Yvonne will call the raised. Oh, wait, I think I'm supposed to call the raised hands. Actually, Yvonne, if you could do that tonight, because I'm on this. Oh, thank you. Praise God. Okay, awesome. So she will unmute you. And when it's your time to speak uh, or to share or ask question. Okay. And Leslie, you will continue to. Okay, awesome. Time for three minutes for each share and announcement time is up. If, the, if Ian is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Uh, okay, here we go. Hi, Angela. Uh, go ahead. Hey, everyone. I am Angela, gratefully recovered, not cured, uh, compulsive overreader and bulimic. Um, very happy to be here tonight. Um, thank you, everybody who's doing service. Thank you, Ian. Um, wonderful to hear you tonight. Um, you know, I always... Uh, and I've shared this with you when we talk sometimes, I feel like you are like this ray of hope in this meeting. You know, you bring such light and such, um, uh, you know, such honesty and courage. And um, I just, I, I always, always appreciate your presence in this meeting. Um, I absolutely love these chapters, um, the relationship chapters, um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm coming out of a pretty difficult time. Uh, my mom died um, a couple of weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago, and uh, it was it was hard. It was really really hard, and um, for such a difficult relationship, I uh, I'm just shocked at how uh, how it's hit me. Um, the point though is that you know the relationships change. My relationships have changed since I've come into program. And uh, that is miraculous to me. It feels absolutely miraculous. Um, you know, my relationship with my mom was very, very difficult. And at the end, uh, I was the one that could kind of uh, offer her what she, or actually, uh, you know, give her what she asked me for, what she trusted me to do. Um, and that feels like a gift. Um, the other thing I just want to share is that I made an amends to my, uh, my one sister a couple of days ago where I, she was like my no way, you know, like I just felt too much judgment from her. I felt like, how am I going to do this? You know? And, um, and you know what she said to me? She said, Angela, I trusted the whole time that you were doing what you needed to do for yourself. I trusted that that eventually you that we would have our relationship back. I'm just sad that we lost all that time together. And, um, you know, I just feel such a closeness with her now. And it feels also miraculous, you know, that relationships can change when I start owning my part. And that's working the steps, right? So, anyway, um, I I love these chapters. I they they feel like you know the absolute result of uh, the benefits that we that we gain um, after working these steps. 
So um, anyway, thank you for hearing me. Appreciate being here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Angela. Um, Allison, you're up next. Hey, thanks. Uh, my name is Allison. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, I want to introduce myself and share. I have close to five months back after a really hellacious relapse. Um, and I poked around at this meeting a little bit when I was abstinent the first time around. Um, and then I stopped coming. Um, but I'm really happy to be back. Uh, as I said, I have a, a four, four months and change and um, the time doesn't really matter, but the way I feel does. And I feel a lot less cocky than I did the last time and a little bit more open to listen and hearing the message. I really, Ian, I really related to your share, all of those ice cream sandwiches and the compulsive exercising. Um, it, it makes me, I have like a visceral reaction when I think about both of those things, <laughs> ice cream sandwiches in particular, but um, my life got really small too. And that's what the disease does. It, it makes my life really small and the problem's really big and the blame really big and it's everybody else's problem. Um, I've been a theater kid my whole life, a performer, a musician, um, an actress and, um, my whole entire life was about pleasing others and performing. And now it's like recovering and um, honing in on my needs and feeling grounded and feeling stable to show up for other people. And it, it's, a, it's a total 180. And this is an excellent reminder to uh, reread those chapters. Uh, you know, in, in my disease with my life being unmanageable, like I haven't been in a relationship in like 15 years. It's just, it's been like sort of one thing after another of, of isolation and um, I'm feeling grounded and I'm feeling hopeful for the first time in a really long time. Um, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of that out of your share tonight. So um, thanks for welcoming, welcoming me here and for all of your service and Ian for sharing tonight. Thanks, Allison. Leslie, go ahead. Hi, my name is Leslie. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful to be here with all of you tonight. <clears throat> and uh, Ian, um, I, I just, I love connecting with you. I love uh, the, the few times we've done outreach together. I have really felt um, like it was uh, a, a, an enriching experience for me. So thank you for your presence in every conversation I've ever shared with you um, and your presence in this room. I, I'm very grateful to you uh, for being here and being a, a stalwart member of this group because I was commenting to another fellow tonight that there are only a handful of people who were here a couple of years ago when I found this room. So um, those of us who you know continue to suit up and show up um, if, if I find great comfort in seeing all of you, um, new and old to this room, um, and the relationship stuff, ooh, ee, I mean, whoa, I'm in a 21 year relationship and I have made it all her, her 
mistake, all her problems, all her, 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 not me, me, me. And I did that fourth and fifth step this time around two years ago, and it changed my life because I saw my part in it um, for so deeply, deeply my part in it. And boy, taking the whip off my back was a huge challenge, but taking the whip off of all the people that I love, you know, because I don't mean to uh, be judging, but I swear I can walk in the kitchen and I can't put my hand right on my favorite coffee cup. And I'll say Kyle did it. And he he left home like 12 years ago. You know, it's like my kids are long gone and I still think, oh, Ian did it. Ian did that. You know, oh, yeah. OK, I mean. I don't know what that is. It's part of my ism. It's it's in my bone marrow. So uh, being aware of that and catching myself, you know, oh, I love it. I love it because it makes me feel alive and it makes me feel closer to my higher power. My higher power is truth, love, justice, beauty, kindness, joy, and grace. And when I am activating those um when i'm calling when i'm calling on those principled ideas i am closer to you and uh less judgmental of myself and of you and what does that leave that leaves this this spaciousness around heart you know having heart and uh living in that beautiful um space heart space with all of you that's my time. Thank you. Thanks, Leslie. Nancy, please go ahead and share with us. Hi, uh, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in Western Massachusetts. GZ, and if I if I'd known you were sharing tonight, I wouldn't have blown you off today when you called. But um, I was with my daughter, and you are my guilty pleasure. Not even guilty. You're just my pleasure. You know, like I can say whatever I want. I feel like I'm 21 or 20, however old you are. And I'm older, I'm old, old enough to be your mother. I'm sure I'm older than your actual mother, but um, you're my friend and I'm glad. And we laugh all the time on the phone and when we do chats. So, um, you know, the relationship chapters are sort of more about step 12, I feel like for me. You know, I my relationships in my life are changing. I'm attracting the kinds of reactions and relationships that I've already, that I've always craved in my my relationships with, especially with my family are amazing. Today's my 35th wedding anniversary. And I my, I was eating dinner with my husband. And I said, do you ever think about our wedding day? He said, no. And I said, you don't? He said, no, I have too many other things to think about. I said, well, I do. I think about it all the time. I think about how much you loved me and how, and how in love we were and how handsome you looked. And and my husband just was eating his dinner and sort of saying, well, that's good for you. <laughs> never think about it nor did he feel the urge to reassure me that I was still you know the love of his life and that is why I know that I am because you know he is who he is which brings me to the other part of what I wanted to share we're going away for almost three weeks and I have this garden that needs to be taken care of and I called my, I thought about who can I, I've tried to hire kids to take care of it and it never works. And it, I always come back and it's not dead, but it's not alive either. And so um, I asked my sister-in-law who understands, could she just deadhead the flowers? And she was like, when is it? And I told her and she said, you know, you got me right, right when I'm not going to be away. So then she was going to come over and see the, the um, garden and I would show her and she forgot. 
And I said, I called her and I said, I guess you're not coming today, like at nine o'clock last night. And she said, oh, I forgot. And she said, you know, couldn't so-and-so do it for a few days for me? And I said, no, my, it's my son. You know, can he do it? No, he's a kid and he just won't be able to, to do a good job. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll do it, but it's a big ask. And I, you know, I, I didn't say anything about how awful that made me feel. And um, I can say that um, I decided to get somebody else to do it and was lucky enough to find somebody else to do it who actually lives in my neighborhood. A, a friend of mine and his daughter are going to do it together. And she's my daughter's age. She's 21. And um, I said to my husband, I'm going to wrap up with this. Don't worry, Leslie. Um, you know, I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be... I don't want to be mad at her and resentful, my sister-in-law. I love I want to love her. I do love her. And if I sat there and complained and built up a head of steam and how they never, she's so grudging and she's so stingy and you know, with her time and everything. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, they never ask for any help, either of them. And one of the reasons that they don't is because they don't need it, but they also don't so that they won't be asked. And I never saw that. I just said, oh, she'll help me. And she would have under duress. And so I feel like I learned something and she doesn't, she will never know because I'm never, I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to text her tomorrow or the next day and say, they're in New York. That's why, but you're off the hook and she's going to be happy. And she's never going to know how aggravated I was starting to get. And I hate getting aggravated. I cannot stand it. And that is a direct result of working step 12. Step 12, not the other steps, step 12. So um, great job, Ian. Thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Jill, go ahead, please. Hi, everyone, Jill, compulsive eater. Um, I'm really nervous right now. I haven't shared this publicly, um, but Ian, you got me to share. <laughs> So during COVID, I got the great idea that it would be a good time to go off my antidepressants. And I was in relapse, which is why I got the good idea to go off my antidepressants. Like we think like that. And um, I ended up having a nervous breakdown and it was really hard. And uh, you know, like, when you were talking about relationships, all I could think of is like, you people are the only ones like this group right here, CYOC. You're the only people that saved me really um, because I didn't leave my house and I didn't really talk to anybody about this and I didn't have program, but I knew like the only same thought I had after all that went down was I better get my ass back in OA <laughs> as soon as I can. and. Um, I used to listen to the LAIG um, podcast and one day in October, it wouldn't download. And I was flipping out because like, that's what was holding me. And I found you guys and Ian, I heard your shares. And I was like, this boy, he's so young. He's so smart. He's like, so beautiful, you know, really. I just cannot believe what was coming out of your mouth. There's people that spend their whole lives trying to get there. So 
when you shared tonight, I was like, I just want you to know how much doing like being recorded and sharing your story and being on podcasts, like you don't even know how many people get impacted by that. I could not be in a meeting at all. But I can listen to the podcasts and I did. I listened to all of them. And it took me until January. And then in January, I just started to really like you people. I'm like, I wish I could be with them. And it occurred to me that I could. So so I started coming here and um, I haven't really shared much, but really wanted to share that with you and so appreciate you, Ian, and all of you so, so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Jill. And you are so welcome here. Please do keep coming back. Uh, Amy, will you go ahead and share with us, please? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy L. in California, compulsive eater. Grateful to be here. Thank you, everyone, for doing service. Thank you so much, Ian, for your share. Um, it's funny. I, I, as you were sharing, I was thinking about there's that line in the doctor's opinion, Dr. Silkworth, when he says, you know, read this book. Um, these men, you can trust every, you can rely absolutely on everything they say. And when I think of Ian, I, I think that there's just something so beautifully transparent that I trust. But I loved so many things you said. I don't need to be any level of importance in order to be happy. Amen. I'm not always the most important person. True. And sometimes when my life gets big, I think program has to get smaller. And um, I just spent about a week traveling. My uh, daughter graduated college and we took some time and I did not, I did stay in touch with some fellows, but I did not go to a meeting. I listened to some recordings, but uh, yesterday I snapped at my husband and um, thank God that doesn't happen that much anymore. And, you know, these relationship chapters, I mean, starting with working with others, step 12, we, we carry the message, but we also practice, we learn, we have to practice these principles in all our affairs. And where does that start? It, it starts in our home. And I was the classic person in my disease. I would be as so sweet and nice out in the world. I was a people pleaser and I would lash out at people I love. I couldn't contain, like I would discharge and I would binge and I would feel shame and I would discharge it. And so anyway, um, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. Thank God I have a greater power in my life and I have all you in those little squares. And it matters, it matters to be here. It matters to have a voice, to speak the same language to be together reaching for a greater power. And I need that. I'm the jaywalker. I'm the forgetter. I drift away. And thank you so much all for being here. So I keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you, Amy.